Hello and welcome into the first ever emergency edition of the Bird's Eye View podcast. I'm Zach Warden here with Jory Nagin Schechter and Jake Brannon as the Toronto Blue Jays and Texas Rangers enter the bottom of the ninth inning. We will be live reacting to the end of this ball game as the Toronto Blue Jays are about to get, in the words of Cespedes Family Barbecue, mopped in a four-game series by the Rangers. Fellas, what are what are the vibes right now? They're I'm, horrible. I'm... They're horrific. Oh my god. This is this is like I've said it a couple times before, just as we're kind of watching. This is I would say the worst four game set of this core's like existence. This is horrific. This is hor- how do you oh, just how do you manage to just completely implode so horrifically like this? Yeah, losing, getting swept in a three-game series is bad enough, but a four-game set is just, it's, I, I can't even believe it, to be honest. I, I had a lot of confidence coming into this series, and they've just completely crumbled. Not a single game has been close. I think, yeah, like, 10 runs scored, like, every game by the Rangers, basically. It's just, it's pretty embarrassing, but, I mean, the reality is they're two games back, and there's there's some games left, so it's not completely, completely over, but... If the Jays miss the playoffs this year, we were talking about it a bit. It might be time to to clean house on the on the front office side because this is like that would be very disappointing. Forget about it. Like what what has this core done to deserve another show? They missed the playoffs the one year. They got embarrassed in the playoffs against the Mariners the next year, and then this year they're getting embarrassed again. It's like what are you waiting for at this point? Like Schneider, what do you goodbye? No interest. Ross Atkins, goodbye. No interest. Like if if the only thing that Mark Shapiro was built that's worth a damn is the upper deck of the of the goddamn like sky dome, this team they bring it you know, showing up on the screen. David Schneider is coming to save this. He's not the twenty four year old. What the hell is this? Ridiculous. Seriously, it this is a joke. It is truly embarrassing that they, you know, it's it's all built up. This is the biggest series of the year. It's a series of the year. It's. You know, really, you said it. It's it's the biggest series of this core's careers to this point. I mean, obviously, the playoff series is pretty big. The 2001 season, like, I don't, I don't think there was really a series that had as much on the line as this one. And just to no show, it's it's unbelievable. And, you, you know, the fans are booing. They're booing in this game. They're booing yesterday. It's no one's even there. They don't even give a crap. Like it's empty as it should be. Like, why would you subject yourself? I went to one of the games like a moron, <laughs> like a loser. And they got creamed. I watched David Shetty and a home runner ruled as Chapman. It's the only good thing that happened that game. Horrible. Yeah, definitely, definitely difficult to watch. Had to, uh, after that one inning, just kind of had to walk away, take a breather and then, and then reset. But yeah, it's just it's 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 as bad as it gets right now. They they choked last year in the Mariners series, and and now they're they're choking again in the biggest series of the year so far. There might there might not be a bigger series because they might not make the playoffs. So yeah, it's 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 tough right now. I don't know I don't know what else to say. Yeah, like it's Alejandro Kirk, who's another guy who's turned out to be fraudulent. Grands into the second out. This Hernandez guy's a six seven five ERA. He's got a punchy and a ground at the second. Like, what is this team? No hitting, two runs. How many runs have they scored this series? It's ridiculous. Yeah, you can you can try to make excuses. You can say, okay, Belt was out. Okay, Jansen's out, but it's not an excuse. Like the the Rangers have guys out too. We talked about it before the series. They're missing two of their best players. They're missing Josh Young. They're missing Adolis Garcia. 
And no matter how many guys you're missing, there's just no excuse to get swept in a four-game series, especially a series of this magnitude. You have to have some urgency. Like, I, I just, I don't know how they're losing this bad at all the games, too. Like, at least make one of the games close. It's 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 tough. It's just embarrassing, honestly. The, the decision-making has been confounding. You know, like, yesterday you're down 7 nothing, and you bring in Jordan Hicks, and the way that they've used him, like he, he hasn't really pitched back-to-backs. He hasn't gone more than an inning. And you know when you could have really used Jordan Hicks? In today's yeah. game, when you were down by three and you're still, I mean, not that you feel like the offense is going to put up three runs in, in a short amount of time, but, you know, like, wh- why do you use him yesterday? I, I get that you feel like you want to get him into a game and keep him fresh, but if that's going to cost you from using him today, I, 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 just, I just don't get it. And then, I mean... You know, we talked about it too, the Espinal thing where Leclerc's been warming up in the bullpen for a while. And then you're, so you bring in an Espinal, so you know that they're going to bring in Leclerc and you don't make another move. You got, you know, Horwitz, you got Varsho on the bench. Like, I know Espinal's been, been good recently. Like he's, he's gotten a decent amount of hits, but when you're trying to, to come back and you're down what, you know, three. I, I don't think that he's necessarily the guy that you want in a ready, ready matchup up at the plate when you have other options on the bench and you're going to be taking him out of the game anyways. Yeah, and it's just giving too. it's giving Bochi just a chance to to outsmart you. Like it's 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 a mistake, honestly. Just bringing in Espinal there, just just stick with Kiermaier. He's he's honestly hit lefties really well. He's hitting 300 against lefties. There's no reason to go to that. Go to Espinal. He has he's been hot, but on the season his numbers are still pretty bad. And honestly, I, pre- I prefer Clement even in that situation. I was talking to you guys about that. I, I really like what Clement's shown. He hasn't struck out much. He's He's been hitting just as well, too. So, like, I, I think they could have gone to Clement. And then and then if they do make that move, then you have to go to Horwitz. There's no reason to leave Espinal in in that righty-righty matchup. It's just basically saying, okay, like, you're going to get out. Like, I, 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 it would just be, like, it, it's not likely that he gets a hit in that situation. It's just, it's bad managing. It's... It's not thinking. I don't. I don't know what what he's really thinking in that situation. The move altogether was just puzzling to me. But ultimately, that's not what lost them the game. They've had Richards has been really bad down the stretch. Yimmy has a bit pitched great either. So there's lots of reasons. But that's just that's something that's frustrating in the in the midst of all this. That like they're talking. Mentioning. They're talking about like the you know the loss of Danny Jansen and and how that's that's affected the team. How it's how it's an issue but like you can't be relying on a guy with a 720 whatever ops or it's a little higher than that but he's like your catcher that plays 90 games through a year and you're like oh you know they lost jansen it's really but it, they can't be relying on that guy to be like a, a heartbeat player he has, he has a 115 wrc plus like it's like that's <laughs> not good enough like listen like for him it's excellent but like for, to be a team that's like this is you know they've they've really lost their mojo because they lost their what what the hell? So it's official. The game is uh, is over. Dalton Varsho just grounded out to first base. They are officially on a four game losing streak against a team that came in not performing their best. I mean, I get that they beat the A's in a series, the Rangers. That is, but uh, you. It's hard to imagine the Rangers going from this series to returning to the way that they are playing before, you know, and so you give them that and and I, you know, they, they played well, but 
overall, like you pitched poorly. There was a lot of stuff over the plate. Like it, it just wasn't, I think it's just the series. It just shows like how bad the offense has been all year. And as soon as the pitching wasn't, you know, the best pitching staff in baseball, that this is what happens to you, right? Like there's, there's never going to be, I don't even know how many games that the Blue Jays would have won when they've given up more than five runs. It's got to be like three or four. It's probably among the worst in the league. And you want to talk about pitches in the middle, Vladdy. Can't, he, I think he's the worst. The Blue Jays have, I think, the worst. It was uh, was um, Blake Murphy that tweeted something out just a little bit before we hit record that they've got, I think, the worst average on middle-middle fastballs in baseball. How is that possible? How do you have Vlad and Bo and Chad? None of those guys can hit fastballs in the middle. That's like the only thing you have to be able to do to be a big leaguer. Yeah, the the two fastballs down the middle there to Vlad in a in a big spot. You would have loved to see him come up. He's he already came up big in the game with the with the two run homer. So it's obviously a lot to ask, but he hasn't had a two run two homer game all year. So what a better time to do it? And he just he just looks like he, he's not close. He's he's swinging under the ball. He's missing. It's 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 disappointing. I I just found the I found the tweet. Only Oakland has a worse slugging percentage as a team versus middle middle fastballs. Oakland. Oh, the Athletics, they're trying to lose the move to Las Vegas. They're literally have no interest in winning baseball games. How how are you in a comparable in any stat? Never mind the ability to hit the ball. Like what? How? Awful. Terrible. And like, this is like, oh, is it Guillermo Martinez? Is it, is it uh, John Schneider who's at fault? Like, is it the Vlad is just like completely fraudulent? And he had all this success hitting in a A-level a ballpark in Dunedin in 2021? Like, Somebody needs to be held accountable, which, by the way, John Shire, like, yesterday being like, yeah, you know, sometimes you just stuff doesn't go. And you've lost three games in a row to literally a team you could not afford to get swept by. And now you just got swept. In four games. In not four just three games. games. So... <sighs> So I just looked it up real quick. How many games that they lost when giving or when giving up five or more runs, and or how many games they'd won when giving up five or more runs, and it is nine, which is a little shocking to me. Like that feels a little high for for the way that this offense has performed this year. But you know, like that's nine out of how many games have they won? Eighty. So that's like to to me, that's almost saying that your offense has won you nine out of eighty games this year. And your pitching has won you the other 71. Yeah, look, the pitching wasn't as good this series and and the hitting just didn't pick them up. That's that's what it's been all year. The hitting's been bad. You can't expect the pitching to be as good as it's been every single series. At, at some point, you're going to have to hit the ball. And it honestly, it, it showed how big of an impact losing belt is. Like, I don't want to make excuses for the team, but the lineup does look a lot worse without belt. I think I think Corwitz batted four the one time. I think it was for the first game. So it, it just makes the lineup look a lot worse just because all these guys aren't performing as they should. Like Vladdy should be hitting better. Springer should be hitting better. They just got Chapman back today. So I guess that's another thing you can make an excuse for losing the first three games, but whatever, he hasn't been that good either. It's, it's just disappointing. Like uh, Vlad should be hitting better. Like his expected stats are really good. He's been very unlucky, but it's yeah. I I don't know what the answer. Like I, I I do think he's been unlucky, but it's just been disappointing seeing it. I I think this is the floor. Hopefully, this is the floor for Vlad ultimately. But it's just at at some point you just gotta start hitting better and and showing up in big spots and having some urgency. And this team just hasn't done that. 
Sportsnet stats is going to be a gold mine tonight. We got one for you here. Blue Jays are swept in a four-game September series at home for the first time in franchise history. This oh. is the, I mean, like historically deflating in a literal sense. At home too, man. Like at that's, home, that's another like we're not, like it's bad. You get swept in a four-game series, but you're you're at home. You have your fans behind you. Like, how can you not pull out one win? Like, I, I really saw tonight as a must-win. I I'm I'm not going to give up because. Obviously, there's some positives left. That the, the positive is that the Rangers and the Mariners play each other. What is it, seven times? Seven, yeah. I think. So if one of them can really dominate that's that series, that's good for the Blue Jays. One team's gonna fall off. So there's some hope still. But if the Jays even make the playoffs, like just the way this roster is constructed, even if they squeak in, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not that confident. I'm sure you guys aren't either if, of them making a deep run. No, how could I... they? How? They yeah. don't have the like. How could they put their Alex, hurt? Alex Anthopoulos was literally on Sportsnet 590 today saying, "You got to bang to win in the playoffs," and the Blue Jays don't bang. Don't you know, bang. like they they don't they don't have a drum. They don't have no. bats. They don't they, put balls over the wall. They don't have a tambourine. Never mind a drum. <laughs> they have no swag. The team's just like I don't know. It just feels like like they're dead. Like. And it, but they just have no energy. It just it just feels like a broken a broken system. Has it has it not felt like that all year though? Yeah, which is so weird to me because this it's is like there's so much level. talent. This is like another level of like the the drum not beating. And then of course you have all these series against these crap teams, and you're like, oh, it's the start of no, they're just a bunch of frauds. The whole team is fraudulent. Yeah, what did Kevin Kiermeyer say? after oh the my Royals god we need sweep. you out here guys Twenty five thousand people show up the next game <laughs> he uh you know, i mean even even like what was the quote the quote about uh about like the vibes being better in the clubhouse or whatever i don't know has there ever been like a quicker switch on that than than what just happened this series yeah like just just, just a big collapse like they're just playing a bunch of te- like things were good we were we were confident coming into the series because they're beating up on bad teams and it's been the same thing all year they just haven't been able to beat good teams they yeah like like Dre keeps saying it it's it's very fraudulent what the Jays have been doing they're just they they're hanging in there because they're beating up on bad teams and they're not showing up against good solid teams like the Texas Rangers like, i i mean it, for me it's like super it's going to it's going to be annoying down the stretch because I do think that they, I don't even know if I can say it anymore. I was kind of sitting there like before the series, like, you know, even if they lose the series, I still think that they'll make it mm-hmm. because like of, you know, the Rangers or Mariners are guaranteed. One of them is guaranteed to lose four more games this season, at least. Right. And, you know, maybe that's more, maybe that's less for, for, for one team, right? Like at, at this point, you just got to hope that like the Rangers sweep the Mariners and go seven and zero against them or, yes. or vice versa. Right. Yeah. That's or that's like ideal. six and one or something like that, where, where one team racks up five or six losses so that you can make up ground because not only do you have to like, they're, they're what, like a, a game, two games back of both of these teams now. And, but it's, it's basically two games and three games because of the, well, tie the tiebreakers yeah so yeah yeah they, they don't have the tiebreakers right yeah so those four like that 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 four losses that you can already count to be in your favor like you can't lose those four games you know at this point it's like how many how many games are do we do we even have left here like there's i think it's 15 
There's five series left, so and I mean, they're all three gamers, so fifteen. Yeah. So like, they almost have to go probably like eleven and four. And it's the tough. It's the second hardest schedule in MLB too. Yeah, it's 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 the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Rays. And good luck. Like the, I, I don't know exactly how it, how it lines up pitching, but like, think about it. Like you're probably going to get Garrett Cole twice. Cause those series are a week apart likely. Yeah. So, so I can, I can look at You're, that you're up, lucky but... to go one and one in those. And with the way the Jays are hitting, I mean, two and zero, or excuse me, oh, and two, like seems like preordained. If like, if, if they go 10 and five, another 10 and five stretch, um, <laughs> Is that is that good enough? It's gonna be well, close. It's, no, no, I don't think so. Because if they go ten and five, you need Oakland or you need excuse me, you need uh, the Mariners or uh, Texas to go seven and eight because they have the yeah. tiebreaker. Yeah, and well, I mean, so Seattle, Seattle does have you know they have the Rangers seven times and they have the Dodgers and the Astros left. Okay, well that's good. Yeah. I didn't so know that. so like I mean. I don't know. It's at this is the first time in the past few weeks where I've kind of been like, I actually think the Jays aren't going to do it, or yeah. I'm starting to like lean that way. I still think that they they. It the problem is that they don't necessarily have their own fate in their own hands anymore. Before this series, they and did, before though, the 15 and game com- stretch, and now they don't. Yeah, just you, you completely coughed it up. You get swept by the Rangers, and you absolutely throw that away. Like there's. There, it's now you're hoping for other teams to lose, and you know it, the Dodgers are so far up in the AL West, like, and and their pitching has been so questionable that, like, you know, the Mariners are going to be playing for their playoff lives. So who says that the Dodgers aren't trying to figure out their pitching staff for the playoffs and are like, you know, we don't really care if we win these games. And yep. same thing with you know the Astros have they have like six games against the Royals left before then. You know it's. Yeah, you never the, know what's going to happen. The Astros at right? this point, forget about it. Like the Astros, well, I'm just, I'm out just of, saying, out, yeah. out of sight, oh, out of mind. They're they're going to win the division, I think. I mean, obviously, they did just lose a series to the A's, which, yikes. But uh, <laughs> man, I don't know. And and also, like the Rays are are going to be playing for the division down the stretch too. For the Blue Jays, you got six games against them, and they're going to be playing for. Yeah, they're going full out. They're not right. Like yeah, they're, they're only they're only posted. they're playing for the bye. They, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they they just beat the Orioles tonight. Like they're one game back of the division now, which is crazy to say. Could you imagine, like imagine this scenario where it's like the Jays somehow, like they, they go like 12 and three in their last 15 and sneak into the second wild card game. And then you have to go to Baltimore <laughs> and they just haven't beat Baltimore all year. Yeah. It's just that that's yeah. what I mean. Like they might sneak in, but I don't have any confidence of them getting past the first round at this point, even if they do sneak in. So how disappointing am I going to be if they if they miss the playoffs? Because I don't have a ton of confidence if they do make the playoffs. Like at this rate, like how how out of pocket is it to be like like heads should roll? Because to me, you you know Ross Atkins already fired one of his managers, and I don't know that I would give him the luxury of firing a second one, given that he literally has what is the team's taking a step back under him? Would you would you? You think that they would be okay with paying three managers at the same time? What a what a, what a loser out of you! Literally directionless. This team's directionless. 
So I mean, like it's a loser attitude to be like, I can't pay three managers. Well, Well, then hire a good one. I mean, okay. So let's let's look back. I mean, let's let's actually let's do the conversation, the Atkins and Schneider conversation. Do you think that if the Jays miss the playoffs, they're both gone? They should be. Uh, To me, I don't really see what you're waiting for at this point. Atkins has had since 2016. He took an aging core that was, you know, like good, not great in terms of like, you know, Joey Bats had aged out and he was gone. And then Encarnacion makes his way out the door in 2016. So, you know, like 2017 brings in like Kendrys Morales, whatever, right? So that whole stretch of 2017, whatever, he, he dismantles a highly beloved team, comes back with a good farm system, but it's like the only fruit that it's bore is Vladdy and Bo because, you know, Pearson doesn't hit. So Jordan Groshans doesn't turn into anything. You trade him away for what ultimately amounts to Zach Pop. Like you're trading away Austin Martin. You've got a high pick. You got a chance to pick up an impact player. You're talking about Jose Barrios, who you're by some miracle have turned him from an albatross into a league average starter. Like, has he had a single big win as GM? I mean, I, mean, I, I, Gosman, I think the Gosman, like, Gosman was would it be a win. I would, I mean, like you know, Romano turning into into a good reliever, like kind of the pitching. But stuff. no, but it's not even because he let Romano go, and then the Texas Rangers were like, "Never mind, we don't want him." So he had to be saved from himself. <laughs> you're right. Now. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. That's a good point. But uh, you know, like some some of the other reliever stuff, like I mean, obviously the last few games it hasn't really gone all that well for like the bullpen and and some of those other guys but like i mean you, the bullpen's been one of the best in baseball all year and you know i i find it hard to to look at atkins and like you know he built a really good pitching staff right and he turned the keys over to vladdy and Bo, who you know profile as all-star players and they just haven't been able to deliver as much as they needed to down the stretch here or more so in Vlad's case, like kind of all season long. So like, do you fault Atkins for the, the underperformance of like Vlad and Kirk and Varsho and Chapman, like all these guys who I think all of us would have said would have had better seasons at the plate than they have. And I'm sure that the blue Jays models and everything all had these guys performing like if if not closer to last year, like way better than they have this year at least. And I'm I'm not really sure if you can if you can fault him exactly for that underperformance. So whose head's gonna roll? Because you can't run it back. Not with, I mean no, no, they're, I, they're set to run it back because everyone's still just arm, but you you can't run it back. I, I think Schneider's gonna be gone if they miss the playoffs. I think that's a four I mean, I, I think that should be a foregone conclusion. I, I think Atkins and Shapiro are definitely on the block after making some questionable moves in the off season that a lot of people criticized and then it not working out. But overall, I, I do agree with your point, Zach. I think that's really solid analysis that if, if these guys like they, they can't predict all these guys to just have down seasons, right? Like they're predicting them all to have seasons on par with their average. That's what their models say. And it's not really their fault that all these guys are underperforming. If everybody's just performing up to par, this is probably a playoff team, but somebody has to be accountable. I agree with that. I, My- I, I I think Schneider should be gone. I, I've, I've been cr- critical of him from the start. I thought they should have brought in somebody with more experience from the start. I thought it was kind of a rash move, especially after losing that playoff series too. 
and then you just you're like okay it's fine it's one mistake we'll just stick with you i i, I think just the, the way it's gone right you you miss the playoffs when you should have missed made the playoffs you make the playoffs and you choke a, a series against the mariners and then you miss the playoffs again there's there's just no way that somebody doesn't get cut my my critique of Atkins would be that, you know what, like last year, they they made the move and they fired Montoyo, right? And the team kind of responded to that. And whether that's just the talent regressing to the mean and performing a little bit better, sure. But this year, when that underperformance has been an issue like all season long and you don't make a change, and whether it's Guillermo Martinez that has to go as like a hitting coach just to like, you know, snap the guys a little bit and be like, hey, this isn't good enough. We, you know... I, I hate to say it this way, but it's like, if you're not performing better then people are going to go and it's, it's, it's realistically, it is on you, but it's impacting other people around you. Right. And I'm not sure if, you know, like, do you, do you hold Atkins accountable for that and be like, Hey, like, why weren't we making moves around the team with like a hitting coach with, you know, something, something else to kind of come in and, and change the way that that they're performing or at least try because the the thing that's just so frustrating with this team is like it's a game of adjustments and that's not just on the field like that's in the front office that's in the coaching staff like they need to be making adjustments with the way that they're approaching things and maybe they are but when it's the same voices and it's been the same voices for a while now like in terms of being around the hitters and stuff like maybe it's time to make an adjustment there and be like we got to get to this earlier so that it's not a problem in September when we're getting swept by the Texas Rangers or like, again, like at the deadline, the inactivity, you know, we talked about it at the time. Like you went out and got Paul DeYoung and Jordan Hicks. Neither of them have been contributors to the September race. Realistically, Hicks has been good. I wouldn't describe him as great. He's been, you know, a leverage guy. I wouldn't describe him as your, you know, your anything more than maybe your third or fourth best reliever. Like, you know, there, you recall that 2014 season where, a lot of kind of you know moaning it from the from the team why didn't we go out and do anything and then like the this year this this Jordan Hicks pickup was supposed to be the big move but you can't build a deadline and we said this back in July you can't build a deadline around a reliever especially a guy that's like not even that high up in your reliever depth chart at the end of the day so to me, like they should have gone out and they should have been more aggressive. I get that this wasn't the most robust of trade markets, but you know, the Mets all of a sudden deal Max Scherzer and they deal Justin Verlander and dumb stuff happens all the time in the deadline every year. I don't know who, but you're the GM, get creative, find someone. Yeah. I would have liked to see them add more supplemental right-handed bats for sure. That's kind of, somewhere we've been lacking the team hasn't left it at pitching that well so that was an area that i wanted them to address i thought the paul de young pickup was solid because he could hit lefties well but that did not turn out well at all i was happy about the hicks move but yeah you're right overall they didn't do that much at the deadline so that's something that needs to be criticized as well for sure like like what at the deadline i'm, I'm just thinking about like you know there, there weren't really many hitters available but there's no way that you couldn't have beaten the price that arizona paid for tommy fam and i know that he hasn't hasn't been good but at least you're trying to do something with with a move like that right or if you're really all in like like you kind of appear to be like go out and and trade some some pieces for eloy jimenez or something like that you know like it's it's worth a shot or whatever like i i don't know it's frustrating to think that 
like there's so much talent there and they just it it feels like they didn't like do enough to try and change things to get the most out of that talent in, in season you know Another thing too, like as good as the pitching's been, I just don't think you can win in the playoffs with just one guy you're just truly, truly confident in, which is Gosman. I think you need like a number two that's like, like we just have a bunch of guys that are like kind of even. Like Barrios is solid, Bassett's solid, Kikuchi's solid, Ryu's been solid, but no one's like a really true, true number two guy. And I think that's something that they need to win in the playoffs as well. Obviously, that's not what's been the problem for the team, but that's just another thing that you have to look at when you're trying to win the World Series is I think they needed another impact starter too, like like a Max Scherzer. <laughs> I mean, they had a number two and it turned out he was a and, diva. So yeah, like that's what their number two should have been. And that's another huge problem for the you, entire season. Yeah. You want to do your Manoa thing now, Jordan? Oh my God. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> what was I saying before we hit the record button? Guys, like... Like what did I, he said, he's his, it's like a baby skull. Like it's like malleable. <laughs> it's like soft, like buddy, you, you just finished third or second. Was it third or second? It was third, third right? You just yeah. finished third in Cy Young voting. You've earned the right to have a little swag, you know? So when you come out and you are dog water, which he was absolutely unplayably bad. You, you know, they sent him down to Florida. And he comes up, and he's not any better. You know what? Like, grow a pair, get over yourself, and go down to AAA. You wanna you wanna be this, you know, big shot, you know, I've got all the swag, all that stuff. The good comes with the bad, brother. Like, you cannot be like, I'm mad at the front office because how dare they? I finished third. Yeah, you finished third in the Sayoga. What are you done for me lately? You give me a 6.5 ERA or some nonsense. Like, buddy. Fix yourself. You, the team, the the preferable option for the team is not your super two status bozo. It's you being an ace level pitcher. You remember when he came back and he like had that eight strikeout game against the Tigers, only gives up yeah. one run, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's back." He's but back. like, yeah. it's the Tigers. We've had. Oh my yeah. god, how but, many times have this year have we had this conversation where it's time. like, yeah. how how do you take these bad these performances against these bad teams seriously? Like it's. It's it's ridiculous. And then he he comes back from there and he gives up four and three innings against the Padres. Jory and I were or all three of us were at that game. Yeah, yeah. Where he gives up four and three against the Padres, and then he gives up three and five against the Mariners, walking four in that one. Gives up only one over four and a third against the Angels, gives up three and six and two thirds against the Red Sox, and gives up four and four against the Guardians. Looks like uh Schneider's at the podium, so we're getting some quotes here. Do we want to take a look at this? I saw I saw the one like the the quote about uh, about using Trevor Richards and he's like yeah. I think he has ninety four strikeouts in about ninety innings this year. But that's so what a dumb attitude to like don't go in there and, and like be defensive of your poor decision. What he has access to Baseball Reference just like we have access to Baseball Reference. He's been awful since coming back. Stop using him at high leverage. Yeah, he's given up runs now in five straight outings. Hang on, and here that we includes go. Here's a, that includes just I know to, just to go back here because I'm just seeing a tweet on another tweet on the timeline. The Jays under Atkins have extended only Barrios and Grichuk, have developed one homegrown starter who's now gone AWOL, have kept the same pedestrian coaching staff, which I'd say other than Pete Walker is a fair assessment. And then obviously there's oh here, hold on. Fired two managers, so Gibby. And then you've also got uh, Montoyo underperformed in all three seasons of their current window and have zero playoff wins. 
Not good enough. Not good enough. You know what's funny too? Like so, so about like the whole Pete Walker thing is like, man, that uh that DUI really uh went away pretty quick, eh? Yeah, everybody kind of just shrugged that under the table. Just because yeah. I mean, because he, he's a great pitching coach. He's he's good at what he does. And yeah. Yeah, that everybody just kind of forgot about that very, very quickly, <laughs> which is obviously not a good thing. Unfortunate, to do, but, but uh, yeah. Man, I don't I don't even know. Like there I you know, you look ahead to this Red Sox series and and it's crazy to like even you know, think about when David Schneider first came up and like did, did like basically won them that series against the Red Sox, right? Well, not basically won them. Like that was that was pretty embarrassing for the Red Sox, but man, like w- like what are we thinking heading into this Red Sox series? Like there's like you you almost, you got to sweep, right? Like you sweep. out you out, sweep. out of the series remaining, like you you basically have to sweep this one because you know that you're going to be in tough. I I looked and Cole currently is lined up to get pitch against the Jays twice. And, yeah. you know, like the, the Red Sox moved Sale back to Saturday. Not that he's been all that special, but it's still Chris Sale, you know, and the way the Blue Jays offense has been. He's still striking out a lot of guys. He, yeah. I, I like Sale still. Another uh, another quote from John Schneider. Quote, that's not our best game by any stretch of the imagination. You don't say. Uh, you know, you see what you're made of. It's a big three-game series over the weekend against the Red Sox. You don't say. Uh, there's no other option other than to move on. Like, He's not wrong, but like, get angry. Show some emotion here. Yeah, there has to be like some kind of team meeting right after this game, or just like. Well, but they had a bunch of team yeah, meetings yeah, already. I, like, I guess was, they've already had enough team meetings. Yeah, it was like, like what, Brandon, what do you do at this point? That Brandon yeah. Bell quote where he was like, "We've had enough meetings this year, yeah. or whatever." And it's yeah. so crazy, like how you know Schneider comes in last year and like totally flips the the script, right? Like. I remember for for school last year, like we had that that assignment at the end of the year where we had to like, you know, preview the Jays Mariners series. And I wrote yeah. a whole piece about John Schneider being like, you know, he's the man for the job. Like basically, I like I, I remember, you know, maybe maybe this is on me. Maybe I cursed him, <laughs> but uh, like basically in the story, I said I was like, oh, you know, only two Blue Jays managers have ever won playoff games. Like, obviously, that's that's not exactly true. But I was like, you know, only three three Blue Jays managers have ever won a playoff game in the franchise history, and Schneider's set up to become the fourth or something like that. So, like, maybe that's on me a little bit for, for putting that out there. But, uh... The bare like, minimum. How, how, like, do you, how do you go from that to, to this, right? Like, it's it's so crazy, and I, you know, we kind of had like the fire Atkins conversation, but not necessarily as much Schneider. I, I think I would be on the side of firing Schneider. Like, you know, we talked about it when it happened, but like the thing where he goes out and he's trying to leave Manoa in the game after a second mound visit, like that's that's awful. That, that yeah, is I forgot about uh, that. Indefensible. Like the Alejandro Kirk pinch running thing. Like those are two embarrassing moments for a manager that shouldn't be happening on a major league field, and he has two of them this season. Yeah, the, the and one's bad. Yeah, to have them both, you know, I don't even know what to say about it. But like, like I, I say the the you know like would they want to be paying three managers at the same time? Like just because it, it's how a front office would think, right? Like they're they're like, well, is he really going to be costing us this game? Like, do we need to be paying these many people? But man, like I 
those two things to me are like, I, I would have to let him go if you don't make the playoffs, because if you're making those kind of mistakes, like you better be damn good at everything else that you're doing to, to have the the leash to make mistakes like that, that I don't think I've ever seen other managers make. And that's maybe more specifically the Manoa incident, but man, there's, there's some stuff that you can't be doing as a manager. If you're not like a world series type leading your team to the world series. Yeah. He doesn't have the track record to justify making mistakes like that. Exactly. Like you said, it. it's, it's inexcusable. It's yeah. I, 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 they just need somebody with more experience ultimately to lead a, a young, a team with a lot of young players that, that that need like guidance and people with experience like he just does I, I i don't know i i think that's really important as a manager as much as we like to say the managers can't really affect the game as much as people like to make it seem i, I think just having experience having a veteran voice in there is is something that's really big and something that i've kind of come around to in the past few years i was i'm, I'm a very like analytical guy I like looking at stats so i'm like i'm like why not just hire somebody that's like really smart good with numbers but at the same time, like just having a voice, having a veteran presence in there is is really big. Yeah. One thing, like, I mean, Jory, you you mentioned it in our chat. You mentioned it on Twitter. Like, there just doesn't seem to be like the sense of accountability, right? And that falls on the manager. And especially for like these guys in the lineup who are underperforming, like for the accountability, like what would you want to see from, from a manager in terms of like being able to actually like hold guys accountable? I think it's publicly being able to see that. I think that for the players, accountability to me, obviously like it comes from, you know, within the room, but if you're not going to, you know, put the players on the spot and signify to your, you know, your core that this isn't good enough. Cause if you're going to like, if you're going to say one thing in the room and say another thing to the media, then it doesn't mean anything. You know, Schneider could go in there and kick a, kick a garbage can, go full Billy Bean. This is ridiculous. No music after losses, whatever nonsense. Like, you know what? That's great. But if you're going to keep going to the media and go, yeah, just got to put it behind us and just got to go another day, you know, got to put it behind us. another day. Like what kind of message are you sending? What? The, there's no panic in the locker room. There needs to be panic in the locker room because there's been no panic in the locker room clearly. And it's resulting in a bunch of embarrassing losses to the Texas Rangers. We got a uh, Kevin Gosman quote here via Ben Nicholson Smith. We played terrible in all facets. It was a rough series. We're as pissed as anybody. We're mad. But why is, where's that quote from Schneider and Gosman's done this before. He's been like, we're pissed off. Good. There's some accountability. Well then show it too. Like, I, I don't think that I've really seen like any, I'm tired of this energy. I've seen like, man, I suck. I'm feeling sorry for myself, like body language from the Jays, but I haven't really seen like that. I'm going to go out and do something about it right now. Kind of, kind of energy. And I know that that's hard to do in baseball and hard to like see in, in the, you know, pitch by pitch of, of a game, but it's certainly possible for a major leaguer to be like, you know what? Like, screw this. I'm done chasing sliders outside of the zone. If I'm going to, if I'm going to get beat on fastballs on the outside corner over and over and over again, then so be it. You know, like, it's fine to put your foot down on stuff like that and be like, you know what? I'm just not going to swing at pitches away. Like, I'm going to wait for something in. Or I'm only going to hit fastballs, right? Like, it's it's it there. You can do that. Like, if you're Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm getting beat on sliders off the plate all the time. And I'm getting beat by Velo, so I'm only going to sit Velo. And, you know, maybe you lose out on the home run that he hit tonight, right? On, a like, a hanging slider because you're sitting Velo and you're sitting on inside pitches. 
but you know what like you got to do damage on stuff like that right so maybe you lose out on on a home run like that but in that last at bat against jose leclerc where I don't were the bases loaded or was it two on? I first, think it was two on second, first, first and second, second right? Two outs. It's like yeah, huge, and it's huge at that. And he's getting fastballs over over the heart of the plate that he realistically should be hammering, and he's late on them because he's so in between right now, and there's just so much going on there that you know that you got you got to pick something. I found like when I was playing that as soon as you get stuck in between, you got to pick something. Right, like you can't continue being in between. You got to pick. I got to pick Velo, yep. or I got to pick off-speed stuff. I'm gonna get beat on one, but until I can get myself back into a spot where I'm able to adjust, I'm gonna only have success on one of those. And for him, he's seeing both, right? But he's only really seeing fastballs over the plate. So why not like go out and get some fastballs and and really get in front of them? You know, like just just refuse to be late on a fastball. Be early. I I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like it, it, it's easy to say that, and and it's a different thing to go out and do it. But like, I just wish that you could see the adjustments happening. Yeah, Vlad's he hasn't made adjustments all year. As as good as Bo's been this year too, he had a really a bat, bad at bat today as well. Two outs, bases loaded, and it just wasn't a competitive at bat. He just swung and missed at two splitters in the dirt from Yavaldi. He normally has a pretty solid approach. I like what he does. I like. I like swinging hard early and then battling two strikes. I think it's a solid approach, but at the same time, like you can't just have that approach every single time where you're just going to go up there and swing out of your mind first two pitches. Like you have to know the situation. If you're down, you can't really do stuff like that. Like at, at some point you got to just have your two strike approach earlier and take a base hit. Like I, I, I thought that was as good as Bo's been. Like it's tough to really criticize him because he's, really carried this offense this year and been the one bright spot for the team. That was just like a, a really disappointing at bat that I, that I saw today. Yeah. Like the only guy to me that has these consistently competitive at bats and sure it's small sample and sure everything Schneider, he literally, every time he crushes a ball, it's a middle, middle pitch. He doesn't miss. He's looking for that. And he's willing to take pitches that he knows if I'm not going to, if I'm not going to do damage, I won't swing. It's an excellent outlook. You know, he, sure, he's going to get beat on a couple of fastballs in the outside half because he's not he's going to, you know, poke it the other way. That's not what he's looking to do because ultimately when you swing the bat, you swing the bat to do damage. And the problem is, is that, you know, a guy like Vlad swinging out of his shoes at a slider is useless. A guy like Bo swinging at the first pitch when it's nowhere near the zone is useless. Swing the bat to do damage. The Jays don't do that as a team. Yeah, it's pretty pretty funny with Schneider. Like, I mean, his dad will tell you on Twitter, but he's been getting screwed by the umps this week too. And that that guy today, I don't even know who he, the ump he, was, he was today. today. He yeah. was pretty bad. Yeah, that was that was he had he had a tough game. But uh, Schneider, you know, he's like he's so good. He has like such a good control of the zone, right? He knows exactly where it is, and he just he's been getting so many called balls balls called for strikes. Yeah. As he, you feel like as he, as he matures and as he, you know, basically gains the respect of the umpires. Although I, I read a really fascinating article from Fangraphs about kind of that respect of the zone thing starting to kind of wane in recent years. But as he becomes more of kind of a veteran, you figure that's something where he's going to start to get those calls. But like he's already doing so much damage. And sure, he's not, he's not going to be literally the greatest hitter in baseball. Like he's been the last 25 odd games. But it's just his plan of attack is so sound. And it's so like even you could see it in his first game. It was against James Paxson. He got a middle middle pitch. He pulled it, and that's what exactly what you need to do. You need to take a pitch that you could do damage on and pull it because you pull the ball to the shortest part of the ballpark. It's not even rocket science. It's quite easy actually. 
I mean, listen, I'm it's not that easy. I couldn't do it. I'm not a big league player, but these guys are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases millions to do that. To be able to do that. Schneider's been incredibly impressive. Like <laughs> it's it's out of nowhere, but what he's done is just like insane. Like an 18% walk rate as a rookie is just like it's it's incredible. It's like like you guys mentioned is his recognition of the strike zone. And 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 we're saying he's getting screwed on pitches too. So that 18% walk rate maybe could be even a little bit higher, which is kind of crazy to think about. It's it's so funny to think about because him, like we had the entire basically an entire episode dedicated to the Buffalo guys, right? Like Horowitz, Clement, yeah. Schneider. And like, where would this team be without those guys? And it's crazy to think that like, like this team wasn't, shouldn't have had to need a week where your triple A 20th or later, like, like, yeah, they shouldn't happen. Shouldn't have happened. And, you know, now that they're cooling off a little bit, because like, that's how baseball works. Like they're not going to be those guys all year who's stepping up like it's time that somebody's got to step up and again it's it's hard to do in baseball and be like you know what this is my time i'm gonna do this right now but like somebody's got to do it and that's the frustrating part is that like it, it just doesn't seem like that's in in this team for somebody to kind of step up and be like yeah i'm gonna be that guy today you know like like even like as fun as like the brandon belts like i'm the mvp joke like that's kind of the energy that like some of these guys need on the team you know whether it's vladdy being like you know what i'm i'm a generational hitter i'm gonna stop i i hate to pick on vlad so much because like he he had been making such good contact and i I totally feel for him like getting in a situation where things haven't gone well for him to, to start pressing and feel the need to be more than he is or more than he has been and and i feel for him for that but he's also 24, right? Like again, so he'll learn, but there's, there's gotta be a point where it's like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna calm down and not try to do too much and just be who I know that I can be as a hitter. It's, it's just, it's at a certain point, you're just kind of out of, it's just, you're walking in circles. Like this team needs to be better. The hitting, (laughs) the hitting, Whatever is more than be better is whatever the hitting needs to be. And I mean, you can't give up 35 runs over four games. Like the bullpen was non-existent. Everything needs to be better against the Red Sox. Just through and through. I think it has to be a sweep this this weekend. Like it, if it's if we lose this the series this weekend, I'm I'm calling it. Like I've been like Zach the whole year. I've I've been confident that this team's gonna make the playoffs. And I view I viewed tonight as a must win and they lose it. And this is the first time where I'm like, all right, this is like, I don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs. I really don't. Yeah, it's uh things are not not going going all that well in Blue Jays land, as we have you know thoroughly covered off here. This series against Boston, it'll be Barrios, Bassett, and Ryu. And uh We'll see. Could be the season. Could not be. If uh, if you guys don't have have any other thoughts here, I think that uh, we'll pretty much wrap up this episode, this emergency version of the the Bird's Eye View podcast. Yeah, it's a much needed episode, but probably good to wrap it up now. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you both are feeling a little bit better after that. Get some thoughts out. Um, <laughs> hopefully things turn around tomorrow as the Red Sox come into town um that will do it here for us on the bird's eye view podcast thanks so much for tuning in 
you can find us all on Twitter. The pod is at BEV underscore pod. Jory is at J Negan Schechter. Jake is at Jake Brandon underscore. And I am at Warden underscore Zach. Enjoy the games this weekend and we will catch you next week.